This is Today in History, December the 23rd. On this day in 1788, Maryland passed an act to cede an area, quote, not exceeding 10 square miles for the seat of the national government. About two-thirds of that area has become and is the District of Columbia. And on this day in 1913, the Federal Reserve System was created by President Woodrow Wilson as he signed the Federal Reserve Act. And in 1928, the National Broadcasting Company, NBC, set up a permanent coast-to-coast network And on this day in 1959, Chuck Berry is arrested on Mann Act charges in St. Louis. Chuck Berry arrested in St. Louis on charges relating to his transportation of a 14-year-old girl across state lines for allegedly, quote, immoral purposes. The Mann Act is commonly a name for a piece of federal legislation originally known as the United States White Slave Traffic Act of 1910. Though intended as a tool for cracking down on organized prostitution, The vague language of the Mann Act regarded the transportation of women for immoral purposes, rendered its provisions broadly unenforceable. It had been selectively applied in various high-profile cases over time. However, most famously in Barry's case, and that of heavyweight boxing great Jack Johnson. In Barry's case, the Mann Act charges stemmed from what Barry contended was his offer of legitimate employment in his St. Louis nightclub to a girl he had met in a bar in Washington. Juarez, Mexico. Three weeks after being fired from Barry's nightclub, 14-year-old Janice Escalante told a different story to the St. Louis police, and Barry was arrested two days later. Quote, never saw a man so chained, is how the great Carl Perkins described the experience of touring with Barry in England in 1964. He had been an easygoing guy before, the kind of guy who would jam in dressing room. But in England, he was cold, distant, and bitter. In Perkins' opinion, it was partly the long hard grind of years on the road. But as Perkins also said, quote, I figure it was mostly jail because between 1960 and 1963, the man who invented rock and roll spent 20 months in a federal prison following his conviction on charges of violating the Mann Act. And on this day in 2009, the Balloon Boy parents are sentenced in Colorado. Richard Henney, who carried out a hoax in which he told authorities that his six-year-old son, Falcon, had floated off a runway in a saucer-shaped helium balloon, is sentenced to 90 days in jail in Fort Collins, Colorado. His wife also received 20 days in jail for her role in the incident. The so-called Balloon Boy saga riveted viewers around the globe for two months when it played out on television. At around 11 a.m., Richard Henney, a handyman, amateur scientist, and father of three boys, called the FAA, the Federal Aviation Administration, to report that a large balloon in his family's Fort Collins backyard had become untethered, and it was believed that his son Falcon had crawled aboard the craft before it took flight. Minutes later, Henny phoned a local TV station, requesting a helicopter to track the balloon. The balloon eventually crashed some 50 miles from its starting location, and rescue officials soon discovered the balloon was empty, prompting fears that the child had fallen from the craft during its flight. A massive ground search ensued. Suspicions that the entire incident had been a hoax intensified that night after his parents were live on CNN. Uh, we believe 100% that he was on board. And Falcon was really in the garage this whole time. Uh, I don't know if Falcon can hear me, but was he, because I know at some point he fell asleep in that garage, but he was hiding out because he thought you were going to punish him for something that happened earlier in the day. Uh, did he hear anything? Did he hear you screaming out, Falcon, Falcon? Uh, he's, he's asking Falcon, did you hear us calling your name at any time? Mm-hmm. You did? You did? 
Why didn't you come out? Um, you guys said that um, we did this for the show. Eventually, Mrs. Henny confessed to police that the incident had been staged to help the family get a reality TV show. They had previously appeared once on the program Wife Swap. And on this day in 1972, Franco Harris makes the immaculate reception. Last chance for the Steelers. Bradshaw trying to get away. And his pass is broken up by Tatum. Tipped off. Franco Harris has it. And he's over. Look. Franco Harris. Grab the ball on a deflection. Five seconds to go. He grabbed it with five seconds to go and scores. In a controversial play known as the Immaculate Reception, rookie running back Franco Harris of the Pittsburgh Steelers grabs a deflected pass from quarterback Terry Bradshaw to score a touchdown, winning the game for the Steelers 13-7 over the Oakland Raiders. The historic play took place during a semifinal playoff game of the AFC. In Pittsburgh, Ken Stabler of the Raiders scored a touchdown with 73 seconds left in the game, putting Oakland up 7-6. Things looked back for the Steelers, a struggling franchise that had finished 31 of the past 39 seasons with a losing record. Bradshaw's pass, launched from the Steelers' 40-yard line, was intended for halfback Frenchie Fakwa when the Raiders' safety Jack Tatum collided with Fakwa at the Oakland 35-yard line. The ball bounced backwards in a huge arc for a total of seven yards, where Harris scooped it up just before it hit the ground and ran for 42 yards to the end zone. And on this day in 1888, Van Gogh chops off his ear. Dutch painter Vincent van Gogh, suffering from severe depression, cuts off the lower part of his ear with a razor while staying in France. He later documented the event in a painting titled Self-Portrait with Bandaged Ear. Today, van Gogh is regarded as an artistic genius for his masterpieces that sell for record-breaking prices. However, during his lifetime, he was the poster boy for tortured, starving artists and sold only one painting. In 1888, van Gogh rented a house in the south of France where he had hoped to found an artist's only colony and could be less of a burden to his brother. In France, Van Gogh painted vivid scenes from the countryside, as well as still lifes, including his famous Sunflower series. Gauguin came to stay with him, and the two men worked together for almost two months. However, tensions developed, and on December the 23rd, in a fit of dementia, Van Gogh threatened his friend with a knife before turning it on himself and mutilating his own ear. Afterward, he allegedly wrapped up the ear and gave it to a prostitute at a nearby brothel. Following that incident, Van Gogh was hospitalized and then checked himself into a mental institution for a year. During his stay, he fluctuated between periods of madness and intense creativity, in which he produced some of his best and most well-known works, including Starry Night and Irises. What's that? I don't hear so good. I only have one ear, says Van Gogh. December the 23rd, 1888, on this day in history.